How many of you guys want eight more hours in your life? Right? You never get time back. It's the only thing that you have. This is why I love technology. This is what technology in real estate is for. It's not for getting new leads. It's not for converting new leads. It's for helping you get through your day doing the things that you're supposed to be doing every single day that give you the highest yield of your time. And that is managing your sphere of influence. Hi, my name is Derek Taylor and I'm talking about technology. So technology is never the most like exciting thing to talk about, but we do have a lot of things that I'm going to show you today that can help you implement some things. So first of all, I'll just start off by saying, uh, how many of you guys, I'm sure I'm going the right way here are either stuck and need to find more closings or have enough income, but need more time or have a great business, but they're having trouble scaling it up. Give me a hoo -yah. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, people. Listen to her. She's so excited. Give me a hoo-yah if you need more money. You need more time. Yeah. There you go. All right. I need you guys to get pumped up because this is going to be math. Some of it is math. And we'll talk about it. It's going to be fun, though. The path is in the math. But what I do is I help real estate agents create better businesses using technology. I basically found a way to translate technology into real estate agent speak. And I want to help you guys achieve one specific goal as we go through this. And that is a lot of people have talked about today, like what are the most exciting things that you've heard today? They've been about attracting new clients, right? What's the one thing that they haven't talked about? What do you do with them once you get them in the system, right? If you're going to be out there and you're going to be making all these TikToks and you're going to get these people really excited to be part of your community, you're going to have a lot of people coming into your, your influence, your sphere of influence and connecting and, and forming relationships with those people through your sphere of influence as they, as you scale and grow becomes more difficult because of math. So let's talk about that. The path is in the math in everything that we're doing here. And I'll kind of go through this with you, but this is something I want you guys to all remember, write down, you know, have it tattooed on your body, something like that. This is, your path to success, that is your gross commission income is going to equal the number of sphere contacts that you have in your database times 20% times the average sales price that you have times the average commission. So pretty easy way to build a business around one formula. Okay. All right. So this is kind of what I'm doing is I'm showing you proof of formula. The, the fact that you have all these people in here, it means you have points of adjustment. So let's look at the number of people in your sphere, let's say it's 100 times 20% times average sales price in Birmingham. Uh, I looked up median sales price before I came. It was about 260. Does that sound about right for any Birmingham agents? All right. So let's just take that times 260,000 and times average commission. Average commission around here is, is it three? Is it two and a half? Let's use three for easy math. Let's, and then let's change this to 250. So if you do the math with... If you do the math with the calculator here, you're looking at about 150,000 in GCI using this formula. Your points of adjustment then are how many people you have in your sphere of influence, your average sales price, or your average commission. So any one of these three things can change how much your GCI is. What's the easiest one for you to change? your sphere of influence contacts, right? It's kind of hard for you to change your average sales price unless you 
make better friends <laughs> or, or friends with more money, right? Which you can do, it just takes a little bit more time. And you, uh, it's gonna be really difficult for you to control the average commission because the commission rates are being driven by the market. So sphere of influence is your number one place. You guys have heard this before, you probably know that. What isn't negotiable in this formula, which I haven't talked about yet, is you gotta have 40 touches per each person in your sphere of influence per year. So if I take 100 people and I talk to them somehow 40 times, then I'll get this 20% result for those numbers. How do I define sphere of influence? And this may be where we're talking about two different things for some of you guys. I have a very specific rule. It has to be a past client or they have to have answered this question affirmatively. Uh, and it's basically the Brian Buffini mayor campaign, campaign question, right? It, oh, by the way, if you were buying or selling a home, or if you were buying or selling a home, or you had a friend or family member who was, do you have an agent you would refer them to? And if they say yes, you can say, is it me? <laughs> because that's what you want them to do. You want them to say that they would refer you business. If they ever had a need in the future, would they refer you business? You know, let's all that say that really fast. If you have a real estate need in the future, would you, would you feel comfortable using me or referring me as your agent? Say it, some your version of it out loud right now. If you have a real estate need in the future, would you feel comfortable using me as your agent or referring me to friends or family that do, right? You should be asking that question to everyone you meet. Every single person in the entire world that you bump up to, if the guy's pumping gas in your car, if, they is, if it's your doctor and you're getting a colonoscopy, you know, you need to ask these people the question, it doesn't matter. Uh, the reason why is because if they answer yes, they become a member of your sphere of influence. If they say no, yeah, they become a prospect, right? Someone that you want to turn into a yes sometime. Even if it's your mother. If your mom says no, she's not in your sphere of influence. And mom, you're not getting a Popeye gift. And Mother's Day is going to look a little bit different this year. But you want to make sure that you're asking that question of everybody. You guys already know that. So where's technology come into all this? Uh, well, what do you do when they say yes? You got to get that information. You got to put it into a CRM. So I'm going to give you guys a quick, the four perils of your CRM. And the first one is implementing your CRM before creating a, a customer strategy. So your CRM is a customer relationship management piece of software, right? It's there to manage the relationship between you and another person, not a contact, not a lead, not a client, it's a person. So if you do not have a strategy to make them the center of everything that you're doing in, in that piece of software, uh, then you're, you're probably going to have some trouble. It's going to be a little bit dangerous for you. If you install a CRM before creating a customer focused organization, if your team is not customer focused, if your business is not customer focused, your CRM is not going to do you any good because it's about relationships. Uh, if you're installing a CRM before creating a customer, oh, switching CRMs before you reach the plateau of productivity. So that's another big thing that I think you guys may want to know about. What's the plateau of productivity? So how many of you guys have adopted a new CRM in the past. And like initially when you adopt it, there's something what I call a technology trigger that made you pick that one, whichever one it is. It doesn't really matter to me which one it is. You pick that, that's your trigger. And then you've got what I call the peak of inflated expectations. That is the time that you are uh, really excited about all the things the salesman told you it was going to do, right? It's going to bake your breakfast. It's going to do this. It's going to do that. And then right away, probably within the first week, you fall into the trough of disillusionment where you realize that it's not 
quite as simple as I thought it was going to be. And I like my eggs over easy and they're always scrambled, you know, or whatever it is that it's doing for you. After that, you're going to get into the next thing is called the slope of enlightenment. That's where you're actually learning the CRM. Uh, and, and that's why I want to bring you guys today. Some of you, if you are stuck down here in the trough of disillusionment, uh, let's, let's jump onto the slope of enlightenment and start climbing because once you get to the plateau of productivity, then your CRM is doing what you want it to do and it's start, starting to work perfectly for you. So I spoke to my doctor right before my colonoscopy and I asked him, hey, if you have a real estate need in the near future, would you consider using me or, or whatever? And he says, yes. Then um, I'm like, great doc, um, before, you, uh, before we go forward with this, I'm gonna need to get your, your email, your phone number, your physical address, and I need to know whether you own or rent that property, all right? So I've got my CRM is, is mobile. I'm start typing in my CRM. Uh, and I'm like, okay, good, give me the pills and let's get, get this thing over with. Those are the things you have to have minimum. At a minimum, anything more, great. Anything less, you're in trouble. Why do you need a physical address? Anyone know why you collect physical addresses? So you can mail them stuff. That, that's, that's probably one of the, the best things. And I'll show you that later. What's another reason? A lot of people don't think about this. How's the inventory in your market right now? Does anybody here have too many houses to sell? Does anyone have not enough houses to sell? Has anyone ever gone through their database and, and found out they have a buyer? And then they're like, I need to find a seller. And then you look at your inventory. You have an inventory of homes. They may not be for sale, but they're still your inventory of homes. You pull up the physical addresses of everything and you're like, let me start matching these things to buyers and then I'm making phone calls. Hey, you ever think about selling? I've got like five people that want to move into your neighborhood right now. I'm not trying to bother you. It's fine if you don't want to, right? But having that inventory is a really big deal. Uh, plus all the other cool things that you can do with having the inventory as far as, you know, they are, that's their most important asset. Now, the question I've got for all of y'all, please be honest with me because I'm building a piece of software around the answer to this question. Uh, if you have more than 50% of your contacts that are in your sphere of influence in your CRM, if more than 50% of them have a physical address, raise your hand. If less than 50% of them have the physical address, raise your hand. It's okay. Well, no, I don't know yet because a lot of people didn't raise their hand. All right. So if I, and I'm not ready there, just a question. I'm trying to sell anything. But if I said to you, if you send me a list of all of the people that you know in your sphere of influence, name, address, telephone number, and I sent you that list back with a physical address of their house, where they live, and maybe a little bit more information, would you find that valuable? Uh, that's, that's what I'm working for. It's a very difficult problem to solve, but I'm working on it. You'd think it would be easier. From this information, we're going to start manufacturing closings. We're going to build our own factory of real estate closings. You know, unless you're just nothing but a listing agent, you are not necessarily selling houses. You are selling yourself and your services, right? So you have real estate services that you're selling, but you really need to think about what you're doing as, as kind of like an assembly line. Um, you know, when Henry Ford had his plant, he was building cars and they would build one car and then they would build another. You guys know the story of the assembly line, right? So he took the car, broke down the entire process of building that car and said, all right, Bill, you're going to stand here and you're going to do this process. And George, you're going to stand here and you're going to do this process. So we're going to break down the process of turning your sphere of influence into referrals, uh, into sections so that you can get these 40 touches to each member of your sphere. Remember, 40 touches is equal to 20%. That's one fifth of a closing for every, every time you do your 40 touches to that one specific person. 
So we want to build a database contact plan inside your CRM that will allow you to have 100 people in your contacts. So let's talk about that. I, I don't care how you do it, but this is probably what your database contact plan should have in it. Emails, mailers, phone calls, text messages, pop buys, events, social media, private messages. Uh, those are probably a good components of your of your car, right? You should have five emails, four mailers, four phone calls, five text messages, five pop buys, 12 events, and five PMs, or mix it up in any way you want to, as long as the number at the bottom shows you 40. Think about this though. I've got 100 members in my sphere of influence. I multiply that times 40 touches per member. That's 4,000 annual touches that I have to do. Uh, considering that I take two weeks off per year, or three weeks off per year, because I like to have vacation, that means I've got to have 17 touches per day for 100 people in my sphere of influence. So what does that mean if I want to make $300,000? Now I have 200 people that I need in my sphere of influence, so I'm going to keep adding people to my sphere of influence like I do every day. And that 200 people gives me $300,000 in income, but also means that I have to have 34 touches per day. And then I want to make $450,000. And then I'm going to have to have uh, 51 touches per day. And all of a sudden, you know, my days, my days are getting like, I'm not doing much. I haven't shown a house yet. I'm just calling people and sending emails. So that's 10 minutes per touch. Get, you know, just assuming you're doing it all yourself, three hours a day at 100 uh, people in your sphere of influence. You can do that. Y'all can do three hours a day. Of course, you're only contacting the people that you know, then you need to spend another three hours a day contacting people that you don't know so that you can get them in to be your sphere of influence. So let's talk about how we can maybe make that better. So here's, here's just a sample of a database contact plan. You know, emails, you all know what emails are. You always wanna have an email with a personalized content. I'm not talking necessarily about sending them over real estate market data. That might be one email, right? But if you're not gonna send them 40 market data information, like they get bored with that. So you want to personalize it. You want to make it engaging. You want to have engaging subject lines. Content is all you, right? Be yourself, be the content. I'm not the content guy. That's everybody before me. So listen to their content. But mailers, kind of the same thing. Handwritten notes, right? The things that you send that are personal touches to someone as a mailer, you can send them a, a calendar. You can send them something like that, but you got to have mailers and make them personal. Phone conversations is a voicemail a phone conversation? Is sending a ringless voicemail a phone conversation? Is it a touch even? No, I don't care what all the other gurus or whatever out there tell you that uh, that counts as a touch. It doesn't count as a touch. I mean, everyone knows what a ringless voicemail is. It's fine, they're cool and all that stuff, but they don't count as a personalized phone conversation. I would recommend you guys at least have one phone conversation that lasts at least 10 minutes with everybody in your sphere of influence every quarter. This is something that I can't help you make necessarily a lot faster. I'll show you a little bit on how I can, but I might not be able to help you with that. Text messages and social DMs, they can be automated. You know, just make sure they're quick, funny, short to the point and always asking for some sort of a reply so that you're engaging with them and not just, hey, it's me, it's Derek. And then like dot, 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 <laughs> right? Nothing else after that. Pop buys, cheap, easy, if you can always deliver them yourself. If not, if they're not home, call them. Call them, hey, I was at your house, missed you. 
I dropped off, you know, whatever it is that I dropped off at your house. Just want to let you know, I was thinking about you. It's on your porch. I uh, hope a porch pirate doesn't get it. I got to go by. Does that count as two touches? Because I called them. No. Even if they answered the phone, it doesn't count as two touches. It counts as one. Uh, events, grab a business partner, have a fun, easy event, live stream it, count on it. You know, they're going to come, but count it only if they come is what I'm trying to say. Just because you had an event, if they didn't show up, it doesn't count as a touch because they weren't there to see your beautiful smiling face. So that's just a lot of work, right? Emails, again, an un unopened email doesn't count. There's two kinds of people in this world. I don't know which one you guys are. I'm somewhere between here and here. I'd love to give you guys a, if you don't have an amazing email software client for Gmail or whatever you're using, check out Superhuman. It's fantastic. It's invite only. If you want an invite to it, let me know. I don't get anything from anything I mentioned to you guys today, but I want you to know that Superhuman will help you get through your email so much faster. But remember that an unopened email doesn't count. Now let's do a little bit more math because I know you guys are loving the math. First of all, do you ever see this? You ever ask that question, teacher, will we ever use any of this math or any of this algebra? And, and the, the answer should have been, you won't, but the smart kids will. All right. So I want you guys all to be smart kids in the room because you're going to use this math. Uh, and basically, this is just about how much time it's going to take you to achieve these touches. If I did 12 emails, six mailers, four phone calls, six messages, four pop buys, two events and six social medias, that's 40 contacts. And it takes me about 10 minutes per email, five minutes per mailer, 15 minutes per phone call, five minutes per text message, 15 minutes per Popeye, 60 for events. That's about seven and a half hours per contact. You guys ever broken this down? Like how much time do I spend doing stuff? This will change your life. Uh, you only have to do it one time, by the way. So a hundred contacts times seven and a half hours at 750 hours or three hours per day with about three weeks off, right? We talked about that earlier. That's how I got there. But I want, to, uh, I want to help you guys scale that because there's only one you and there's got to be a better way to do this. And technology is, is, is a great way to help you do that because 200 is going to be six hours a day and you can't do six hours a day and handle your family and handle meeting new people and go show houses and get pictures and you know, all the other things that you do. So you have to do one of four things, eliminate, simplify, automate, or delegate. And this is where I pull in a great quote from Timothy Ferris, never automate something that can be eliminated, never delegate something that can be automated or streamlined. Otherwise you'll waste someone else's time instead of your own with your own money, right? So he doesn't exactly say it that way, but you're wasting someone else's time and giving them money to do that. So that's probably the best incentive I've ever heard of figuring out when it's time to automate, when it's time to change things. Don't automate something that can be eliminated and don't delegate something that can be automated or streamlined. All right, so now I took the time required for each thing and cut it down a little bit. So now I can do 250, so I've, I've nailed that same, hundred, that same time to complete the 40 touches to 4.2 hours. So that's 1.68 hours every day with three weeks off. Uh, now I can scale that up a little bit, right? Now I can at least do that twice for 200 contacts. So now I've changed my income from 150,000 to 300,000 because I'm, I'm doing these things. So how do we do it? So I'm just give you a few ideas on how you can either simplify or automate stuff. You guys know what you need to eliminate. Do not eliminate any of the things I showed you here, right? If you are working on something else, 
if you are going to, is there an uh, anchor not here right now? Okay. If the title company has an event and, and they're going to teach a class on it and you haven't done your sphere of influence touches, don't go to the event, right? Eliminate the event. I'm sure it's amazing. You'll probably learn a ton from it and they're, they're awesome. So get your stuff done so you can go to the title company event. But if, but that's, those are the kind of things that you want to eliminate. But simplifying is really, it's hard to simplify emails. You, know, you can buy content, uh, which, you know, Happy Grasshopper, which I'll talk about a couple of times in here. Uh, I really like them. Uh, they're a great company that helps you, kind of gives you some content. There's also this thing called Jarvis.ai. And if you've ever played around with it. How many of you guys blog? Anybody here like big bloggers? How long does it take you to write a blog post? 45 minutes. If I gave you a tool that you could use with all of your clients that used AI to write a lot of that for you, perfect. Jarvis.ai, it's fantastic. It can help you write a blog article in maybe 15, 15 minutes, have really good quality information in it. It can also help you write emails. It can help you write social media posts. It can help you write lots of stuff. It can take a, if you have someone else that like, what do you always say? Rip off and deploy, Jason. If you want to take someone else's blog article and you copy and paste it into Jarvis and you tell me rewrite this article, it will rewrite the article for you in your, in different words that you can now use. That's not someone else's idea. It's someone else's idea, but it's not someone else's words. It's Jarvis's AI words. And then you can automatically repost that. So that's a, a great, you, you find a, a, a great blog post that you really like, you can turn it into another blog post in five minutes with Jarvis. Automate, the next thing you wanna do if you can't simplify is to automate that process of emails. And every one of you guys probably have an amazing CRM and you probably already have inside that CRM pre-written campaigns. I know then KB Core there is, they're there in Chime, they're there in lots of other ones, right? Start leveraging the pre-written emails read through them a little bit and make sure that they're maybe sound like you a little bit. I wouldn't spend too much time doing that because here's the thing is focus more on getting it out there and less on what it sounds like or looks like and feels like. How many of you guys kind of obsess over every message that you send out that you're worried that it's not going to sound like you, right? So how many of you guys don't send out as many messages because you're obsessing over the fact that, right? It doesn't matter necessarily if it doesn't sound like you, it matters that you sent it and that they got it and that they read it and that they remembered your name, right? So don't be a perfectionist. Focus more on quantity than on quality. Specifically in the bit in the beginning, you can always make it better, but um, use those things in your CRM. They're already there for you. You know, Mailchimp is another tool. I would be very careful of jumping into a separate platform for your email because the every time you switch a platform from one platform into another. If you're using multiple platforms, the actual adoption of your usage of that second platform goes down by 50%. So you think you're going to use MailChimp and you're going to jump into it and it's going to be great. You statistically won't. So if you can stay in the same ecosystem, stay in the same piece of software. Um, again, Happy Grasshopper, absolutely love something new that they've done. If you haven't seen it yet, it's called Chirp. It's just for your sphere of automation or your, it's for your sphere of influence and automating touches to them. And it's fun. It's light. It's warm and I think it's pretty authentic. You get to pick from like a list of 10 things that can send when you're building that campaign and it automates all of it for you. Uh, also, you know, most of your CRMs now, if you have BombBomb, BombBomb video email, you guys have heard of it before. How many of you guys have BombBomb right now? 
How many of you guys have BombBomb in an email campaign? Did you know that you could do that? You can build a campaign in BombBomb that will auto-deliver emails that you've already pre-recorded and you can send those out. You can do it in KB Core. If we have a lot of KB Core users in this room, I was talking to people earlier. Um, they have what's called Core Video, which is BombBomb. It's the same thing. Exactly, they just white labeled it and called it something else. Uh, but you can add those to your campaigns as touches and they get much better open rates. And what did I say about an email that didn't get open? It doesn't count, right? So you wanna make sure that you're getting that email open. Also, you wanna make sure that you're using a email delivering software that shows you if the email's been opened or not. So you know. And when you're spending time looking at your sphere of influence, you know, dig into that contact record. Go through the history of what you did. Did they open it? Did they open it? Did they open it? You got like two or three emails they didn't open. It's time to make a phone call and say, hey guys, I know I sent you three emails recently and I saw that you didn't open them. Did you guys change your email address or something? Uh, I want to make sure that you guys got these because they were, you know, just like notes about, because these are personalized emails, right? If you can, they're either notes about their family or soccer or the kids. And like, I, I asked you how the kids are doing. You didn't email me back. I'm worried about you now. Now, these are real reasons to give them a call, but you use these tools to automate that and you're going to save a ton of time and be able to keep growing this number here. Mailers, ways to automate your mailers and include them in your campaigns. Uh, something called thanks.io, which um, is a really easy way to send out notes that look, that look handwritten and you can tell it what to say. You can build uh, in thanks. You can build out exactly what you want each thing to say. You can pull names from your CRM and put them in there like, hey, it's Derek. How are you doing today, Bill? Just thinking about you and Sherry the other day. Uh, it can be the same postcard or the same handwritten note card that goes out to everybody, but you have personalized it with their names and things like that. You know, you can use it to send a, a quick card out on their purchase anniversary date. How many of you guys have the purchase anniversary date of the property that you sold them? in your CRM. Yes, I love to see that. That's one of the biggest reminders out there. Um, it's great to do it on social media. It's also great to do uh, maybe a handwritten postcard. Postalytics is another great tool that you can use. And there's a thing called Handy Written. I like all of these companies. Thanks, Postalytics, and I think Handy Written all have Zapier connections. If you're not familiar with Zapier, I can't go over how to do all that today, but I can, if you have questions about it, reach out to me after this and I'll, I'll help you guys with Zapier. Um, but automating mailers, very, very important. Has to be, you have to send out mailers as part of your touches. Phone calls, let your CRM remind you of who to call by adding your calls into categories. Are you organizing your database well enough to know that it's time to call someone? You know, it's the first of the quarter, I'm gonna call a quarter of my database. The, then a little bit later, I'm gonna call the other quarter, and then a little bit later, I'm gonna call the other quarter. You gotta split it up a little bit. But let your CRM remind you by putting those into your campaigns that you're building. Break up your campaigns again so all of your calls don't fall into the same day, especially if you're setting it up for the first time. Uh, I made that mistake where I like added all 500 people in my sphere of influence to the same campaign that starts off on the same day. And so all of a sudden I had to make 500 phone calls like a quarter from then. And I was, and then my CRM kept saying, you're past due, you're past due, you're past due, which I don't care because I'm not the kind of person that lets my CRM tell me what to do. But, I should be that kind of person. So I've now gotten to the point where it, it's a mindset for me. Like I had to change my mindset to say, the CRM's not the boss of me to the saying the CRM is the boss of me. 
and my CRM loves me and wants me to be successful and I will embrace what my CRM says and therefore I will be more successful. That, that was a big mind shift for me uh, because I had to do that to stop worrying about the past due calls. By the way, if you guys log into your CRM, do you guys have past due calls set up in there? Do, you, do they bother you? Some of you, it's okay to say no because I, I was no for a long time. I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Those past due calls, that's just basically walking over piles of money and not bending down and picking it up. So make sure you schedule those calls so that you can make them and then automate. So some CRMs like KB Core and I think Chime and some of the other ones, when you set it up, this is kind of a weird setup feature that you may not see, but you can set up the CRM to actually call you when it's time to call that person. So then you pick up your phone and you go, hello, and then it connects you. Like it'll say, hey, this is KV Core calling. I'm about to connect you to Kelly Snodgrass. And you're like, oh, I gotta talk to, it's, it's time for me to talk to Kelly. So then I just have my quick 10 minute call. Like, hey, Kelly, how you doing? It's Derek. Just thinking about you, hoping your family is doing well. You know, whatever it is, right? You don't need a script. Do you guys, how many of y'all feel like you have to have a script? Jason likes scripts. You, you like scripts, right? I, 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 I hate scripts. And, and it's okay, everyone's different. But I, I'll give me a one script is, hey, how are you doing? And then the only other script you need after that is tell me more. Say it like four times. Tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. Tell me more about your kid's recital. Tell me more about this. Tell me more about that. That way the phone call is all about them and not about you. Sometimes we get scripts and those scripts are more about you than you, they are about them. And you're building a relationship here. So it has to be 99% about them and 1% about you. And when you hang up the phone, what do you always say? Hey, just by the way, you, I, you know, I always ask you, you know, anybody interested in buying or selling? Because uh, I could always use the business. And then, all right, well, it's good talking to you. See you later. And hang up the phone. Those are easy phone calls to make. But if you have your CRM call you, then you're not dialing the number. That saves you maybe 25 seconds, right? But 25 seconds here, 25 seconds there, a minute here, a minute there. Shave pieces and little bitty increments off of your day by automating each of these little pieces into it. And all of a sudden you've got hours and days and weeks that you never had because you didn't build the processes into your system before, right? Every little tiny bit counts. It's kind of weird. It's like the Olympics, right? If you are going to win in any kind of an Olympic race, it's going to be by tens, hundreds of a second sometimes. Well, your day, that tenth of a second, that 45 seconds that you saved adds up because you're doing 400 people in your sphere of influence now times 40 tasks. What is that? 16 thousand contacts that you have to do. Can you imagine if you shaved off 25 seconds off of 16,000 contacts? What, anybody have a calculator? I can't even do that math in my head. What's that number? 12,000 seconds. How many minutes is that? 500 minutes. How many hours is that? It's a lot, right? So automating things uh, in incremental 8.33 hours that you just picked up in your day because you changed one thing, one touch in one process and it saved you 25 seconds. How many of you guys want eight more hours in your life? Right? You never get time back. It's the only thing that you have. So um, 
This is why I love technology. This is what technology in real estate is for. It's not for getting new leads. It's not for converting new leads. I mean, that's all great stuff. It's for helping you get through your day, doing the things that you're supposed to be doing every single day that give you the highest yield of your time. And that is managing your sphere of influence. Once you've built your sphere of influence up to the point where you've got it managed and it's under control and you want to level out your maybe hills and valleys in your real estate business, then do online leads. But don't do don't buy a single lead. Uh, text messages, happy grasshopper again, super fantastic content already done, ready for you to go. Um, again, check your CRM for that kind of content. Automation, same thing. Happy grasshopper will automate it, the content for you. Bomb bomb campaigns. Uh, you can send video text. How many of y'all are sending video text through bomb bomb? Yeah, those are actually getting better open rates than the emails. I would count that as an email almost, right? Cause it's you talking and they get it on their phone, they open it up and they, and they click it. You can add it to campaign. You just automated that process. And now you've sent a more engaging video that you maybe only have to record once, right? Every video that you're recording, that you're talking to someone about just real quick. Hey, it's Derek is thinking about you guys. Hope you're doing really well. I didn't know to, uh, but my son Jack just made the tennis team. We're super excited about that. I uh, just wanted to connect with you guys. Uh, anyway, call me back because I have something important to tell you. Talk to you soon. How long did that take me? About 25 seconds to record that video, stick it in a campaign. I just made myself eight hours because I automated that process and, and didn't miss the touch. Pop buys. Now, I think you guys really like this. How many of you guys do pop buys on a regular basis? All right, pop buys are awesome, guys. I mean, seriously, probably one of the most amazing things. There's gonna, there may be, there may be a time in your life in your career when you feel that you just don't have the time to do the Popeyes that quarter, but you still want to send them out. Popeye.co, Popeye, sorry, Popeyeco.com. They'll, they'll select kits. They'll put them together for you and they'll mail them out for everybody for you with a note from you, from you. If you can't make it that month, that's a good way to kind of simplify that process. They'll also just put it together for you um, and then send it to you. I'm sorry, they'll give you like all the pieces and then send it to you and then you just put them together. You know, the bag with the, the ghost and the, and the wine opener and you're ready to go. So at least you didn't have to shop for that stuff. So that's kind of simplifying the process, saving time. But automation, uh, here's one of my favorite things. And I, I, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this. How many of you guys have ever heard of Lolo? So what Lolo does is they, they curate hyper-local gifts from local vendors. And uh, what was it that someone said earlier buy local if you're you know buying stuff they're they're going to mom and pop shops restaurants local breweries candle makers you know anything that's a small business in your town and they will say hey uh joe's candles i want to buy some candles from you um it may be 12 of them it may be 200 of them but um you know and they're all going to be worth about 10 bucks, 10 to 15 bucks, all these gifts. Uh, then you send them your sphere of influence list. They send a voucher out to your sphere of influence every month. And that voucher is redeemable for whatever it is, whether it's two beers at the craft brewery or, or a candle or a, you know, an entree or whatever it is. And it's going to cost you $1.10 to $1.35 per gift. The, the person who has the store gets the full amount. So they're like, hey, this is great. 
my gifts are going out to a local realtor. He's buying them from me through this company. I'm getting paid, paid full price for it. It's only costing me $1.10 to $1.35 per, per voucher. Let me say voucher, not gift, right? Because what he's doing, he's, he's an insurance actuary that's his past. And what Mike's done is he's figured out that only so many people are actually going to redeem these. So he, sometimes he makes money, sometimes he loses money, but he always supports local businesses and he gives you a cool gift to give out. Um, so that's a really another way to kind of automate a Popeye. I know you're not hand delivering it, but you're still using that uh, to do it. And then also when you're talking about events, if you're going to have an event, now why not have a monthly event where you go to the place that you are getting the gifts from and you're like, hey, or Friday night between six and seven, I'm going to be at wherever Joe's local crab shack. And we're going to, and bring your voucher and we're going to have, uh, you know, some free crab legs, uh, meet me there. It's an event. So you, now you have a monthly event with a gift that everyone gets. It's worth between 10 and $15. It's going to cost you a dollar 10 to a dollar 35 per voucher that you send out. Even if they redeem all of them, which he's probably not going to like, this is going to change his algorithm uh, because you're going to be going out there and like, you know, come on, meet me out there. Maybe, maybe not. But, but now you're, you're meeting these people face to face and they're getting to get like a free gift that you gave them. It didn't cost you hardly anything at all. How many of you guys think that's a pretty cool idea? You like that? Because I gave him a call and because you guys are so amazing, um, he's not open in very many areas across the United States yet. Uh, now he's a legit company. He's well-funded. He can make this happen. They are giving out gifts right now in Birmingham. So if you're a Birmingham agent, you can go to Lolo right now and sign up and you can see what gifts they're giving. Uh, a burger from a local burger store or something else is things like that, but check them out. But it also says on the website that if you are wanting to open up an area, so if some of you guys aren't from here, um, cause it's very hyper local, it goes by city, you know? So if you want to open up anything else, anywhere else in the United States, He's got a 750 contact minimum for us. Uh, if you tell them that we're from here uh, doing from this event, he will do it at 150 minimum. So one person can open up a market for them and he's going to do that just for us right now. So that's kind of a cool thing. Uh, again, I get nothing from Lolo for doing this. I just really believe in this product because it accomplishes all the things that I'm talking about. It scales it. It's hyper local. It's personal and I can do events, right? So all that stuff together is kind of important to me. Once a quarter, I go through my sphere. So I mark them as sphere of influence if they've answered those questions. If they fall away, right? Like maybe their daughter got their license and there's just, I've got no chance of getting their business until their daughter screws it up and then I have to fix it. But that'll happen too, right? I just change them back to prospect. So I, I know that there's someone that I want to do business with in the future, but I'm never ever, unless it's fake information or they cuss me out, I never delete. I've got almost 10,000 contacts now in my contact database. What I want to know is what journey they're on. And the biggest journey I want to know is they're in my wagon and we're going together. At some point in time, those are my people, right? We're, we're all going to ride together. Those are my sphere of influence people. They're the most important ones, but everybody else, they're going to get marketing from me. Uh, I break my marketing out into three different sections. Um, marketing for everybody, marketing for people who have shown some interest, and then marketing for people that I need to close on. And my sphere gets all of it, but each different segment gets different pieces of marketing. That, that's again, one of the great things is different subject, but 
your CRM and your marketing is is what uh, marketing automation is what technology is also for, right? So people like I don't know how to use my CRM. It always turns into a coaching call of like, what are you doing? How are you talking to people? How many people you're talking to a day? And it never is about the actual technology because they know how to use the technology. They just don't know what to do with it. And so that's kind of the things that we're talking about. What do I do with it? And that's where I'm, I'm, I'm trying to change what I teach now to the technology will do all this for you. You just need to tell it what you want it to do and make it happen. Then the question is, what's my strategy? And that's where everyone seems to get stuck is what's my marketing strategy and how do I implement it? And then how do I automate it? But you've got to come up with that marketing strategy first. It's like in the beginning, one of the pitfalls of, of using your CRM was you didn't have a consumer focused uh, organization and a consumer focused strategy. So you want to get those strategies first. Once you have your strategy done, clean out your sphere of influence, change the prospects, but you're always adding. You just want to add more than you subtract, right? Just like uh, agents and brokerages. Some, some agents will get out of the business and you always have to be making sure that you're replacing them with better agents. So you have better people in your brokerage to uh, network with and work with. You guys have been awesome. Thank you. You can reach me at uh, Derek at jpar.com. Feel free to email me. Uh, Twitter is at Derek W. Taylor. I don't care what company you're with. I just want to help you guys in any way I can. I have a passion for making you guys better at your job so that the industry gets better. So thanks everybody.